Good morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. This is Harrison Smith back with episode 35 of Cinema, brought to you by Dark Matter TV. Dark Matter TV is a streaming platform where you can find not just current genre entertainment and horror, sci-fi, thriller, and action, but also classic content that takes you back to the great old days of late night cable and finding those cult and classic films that they just don't make anymore. Available for download on Android or Apple or visit darkmattertv.com. It's free, it's fun, and it's gonna grow. I've been promising this episode uh, for some time. This is not a political podcast, and I don't really care what side of the aisle you're on, whether you're blue or red, uh, all the things that have, have effectively divided us. What this is, cinema is always about the process of critical thinking and applying independent thought to situations especially focused on our entertainment. While it seems like I'm starting out on, on a political bent, looking at Hollywood hypocrisy, uh, I'm actually applying it to how we view not just our entertainment, but also uh, things in our society as, as a whole. Because I, I really feel there is some type of, of cynicism that is not just growing in the entertainment world, but in our political and, and social lives as well, which in effect is kind of making us give up on things. And, and if we look at just simply... Uh, the from the concept of of remakes and and people up in arms over whether Jaws is getting remade or Home Alone is getting remade, and and this attitude of people going, what can we do? And in one respect, you are right. If they're going to remake Jaws, as much as nobody is asking for one, if there is the belief that this thing can make money, they're going to make it. And this this kind of cynical attitude stems from a brewing anger. I believe, in hopelessness. We strike back online at things because we just feel we have no other recourse. Now, you're going to have to bear with me on this episode because I'm going to be going through a number of things to illustrate my point. And again, I don't care if you're left or right, conservative, liberal, uh, it, it doesn't matter. This is about applying critical thinking to things to combat this, this growing feeling of, well, just what are we going to do about it anyway? They're, they're going to get away with it no matter what. And that isn't just in movies and entertainment. This is across the spectrum to politics and societal behavior. If you've been listening to my podcasts up to this point, then you know that this whole thing, when it started as a blog and now it's rolled over into an audio podcast, is uh, that Jaws the Revenge was the inspiration for this podcast. I have argued and continue to argue that Jaws the Revenge is not a movie. It was a cynical tax write-off. It was an attempt by some people to get a payday and a vacation out of Hollywood. And you can go back to my episode two, which will totally support all of that and more. The fact is, it is now part of the Jaws canon. But the question really is, what can we do about it? The answer now is, well, they just may remake Jaws. So, and, and we don't even know if that's true. That's a lot of clickbait that goes on out there just to get people riled up and talking about it. And, and look, I, I can't rule out that a remake of the original Jaws is, is out of the question. Anything is up for grabs these days. If it's going to make money, they will make it. When Jaws the Revenge came out and you left the theater, there was a kind of feeling of hopelessness that... Well, what can I do about this? Now it's part of Jaws. And, and to make it even worse, Lorraine Gary came back. 
Like that's Mrs. Brody up there on the screen. And what does this have to do with Hollywood hypocrisy? Out of all of this stems a growing cynicism among all of us that really there's just no use in fighting anything. Just go with it. The most famous quote to come out of Jaws the Revenge, and I've repeated this again in uh, episode two of my cinema podcast, and you can find it online and there are different variations of it. But Michael Caine was interviewed uh, about Jaws the Revenge one time and asked something along the line of, you know, how did it feel to, you know, miss getting your Oscar for Hannah and her sisters to finish, you know, making Jaws the Revenge? And Caine replied very cynically, uh, from everything I understand, I have not seen the film, but it is atrocious, it is terrible, but the house it built is terrific. And that sums up the cynicism of it all. In other words, I got mine. Now you take this and you apply this attitude from what we believe is is a high-ranking celebrity, uh, a big movie star, someone who really shouldn't be doing this kind of thing. And you start to draw a kind of resentment for Hollywood. And, and you start to wonder, are these people just really full of shit? Do they believe in anything? And one of the easiest things to look at is the hypocrisy of Hollywood with climate change global warming, and the environment. Hollywood prides itself on being a dream factory and prides itself on on high-quality product. They're always putting out good things. Well, we know that's not true. Celebrities, stars, whatever you want to call them, actors and directors will sell out. This can spill over into politics. The internet has created a whole new worldview, and we are not seeing things through our own eyes anymore, and we're not making our own judgments. We are becoming greatly influenced by Hollywood that spills over into our political standing and also how we view society. The number one thing which I've I've covered before in the previous uh, podcast on Joker is a growing feeling of a lack of empathy. Uh, The way people attack each other online and, and the loss of civil discourse. This stems from a growing, simmering anger that I believe part of it comes from the hypocrisy that we witness and we look at things and we we put our hands up at the screen and we go, can you believe this? I mean, this is happening and no one is seeing this. We lose the ability to apply critical thinking to things and we become totally emotional. I need you to put on your critical thinking caps and take away the emotion of whether you love a celebrity This has to do with actions versus words. So I want you to try to separate emotion from critical thinking here. And let's look at Greta Thunberg or Thunberg, whatever way you want to pronounce her name. Uh, Greta started her career, of course, uh, with a strike at her school uh, to draw attention to climate change. I'm not here to debate the issues of climate change, whether it's really happening or not, whether it's man-made or natural. Uh, a lot of people are just going to simply have their opinions on that and, and you're not going to dissuade them either way. This young lady, whether she is doing this on her own or propped up by her parents, uh, the point is she did come to Hollywood and she came to what I feel is the nest of hypocrisy. The point is she came into the hotbed that pontificates one thing, but their actions are entirely the opposite of what they say. This young lady almost has what I feel is a built-in defense mechanism. And that is kind of like the acid for blood in Alien. You don't dare to try to attack it. If you say anything that could 
remotely criticize or simply question what Greta is saying or her message. You are a hater. Uh, you are picking on a, a little girl. So you you belong to the far right. You're you're a neocon. You're a Nazi. Uh, all these words that are created to shut down proper dialogue and and to dissuade true critical thinking. I'm glad this girl has a message. Uh, let's face it. The the bottom line is all of us benefit from a properly maintained and clean environment. There there can really be no argument against that. We are looking at this young girl who ends up on the cover of Time magazine, who comes to Hollywood and talks with the people that when they win their awards are lecturing the average people. I'm talking about you, listener, right now, who flies coach and, like me, has probably never flown first class. These people are telling us what's proper and best for the planet by us altering our lives. When we start seeing the world through the eyes and the words of celebrities, we start getting a very distorted reality. And that taints our entertainment, it taints our politics, and it even taints the way that we live our own lives. Should you support Greta? Fantastic. Know your facts. Research this young lady. Research her parents. Research her agenda. And most of all, research her facts. Her message is correct. We all need to live in a clean environment and make sure that we're taking care of this planet to the best of our capabilities. I don't think there's anyone out there that should be arguing against that. If you just blindly support celebrities and believe because someone writes a check toward an environmental program that they are a fantastic environmentalist, you are being deceived and no different than when you're deceived in politics. Celebrities, they, they don't like to be called out for their hypocrisy. And, and I was even told, don't do this podcast episode because you're going to piss some people off. But I, I want to bring up something. There was an interview uh, way back with Mark Ruffalo from, from the Avengers. Ruffalo was asked if, if celebrities really, it's along this line, that, that should celebrities really be out there pontificating on the environment when they live such excess in their lives? And Ruffalo himself even said, well, you know, wait a minute here. I don't think we should really be talking about that aspect of things. Uh, th this is part of the problem where we're not really opening a dialogue. It's an effective dodge of the question because all of us, the average person who is listening to this podcast, look, Leonardo DiCaprio is not listening to cinema. Mark Ruffalo certainly is not. Steven Spielberg is not. These are the people that are out there wagging their fingers at us and telling us what we should be doing and how we should be altering our lives and that we should accept what they say. Why do some celebrities lecture average Americans on how they're destroying the environment while they spare no luxury for themselves? And why do the media continue to promote these celebrities and ignore the total hypocrisy? So Greta comes to town. She comes to Hollywood. She doesn't meet with the scientific community. She doesn't meet with some of these people that are out there really working hard to clean up the environment. Uh, the one young man who invented the device that can extract plastic from, from oceans. Uh, she doesn't meet with any of them. She meets with Leonardo DiCaprio. She meets with Arnold Schwarzenegger. She even meets with Ellen DeGeneres. And while Ellen, I'm not really going to be pinning a lot of environmental 
hypocrisy on her. You may remember the dust up that that Ellen had with her recent support of of George W. Bush. And I'm not going to get into the politics of it, but we are going to point out some inconsistencies with a number of these celebrities. In all of my research, and that includes looking at Arnold Schwarzenegger's environmental record as governor of California, I found a terrific report that I will provide the link to in the show notes that looked at 12 celebrities. And these are 12 celebrities that are so disconnected from reality, they can't even see the hypocrisy that's right in front of their faces. I mean, these are celebrities with giant houses condemning middle-class Americans for, for us driving too much or flying too much and that we need to switch our lifestyles to to accommodate and fix the environment while they're cruising around the world on super yachts, uh, flying in private jets. We just had this recently where uh, Greta herself met with Prince Charles who took several private planes, private jets just to meet with her. So my question is, where was Greta wagging her finger and yelling and demanding How dare you? Again, I am not talking about the validity or the science behind climate change or no climate change. What I'm talking about is that we seem to have become laser focused on the opinions of very wealthy celebrities who are basically eschewing the need for critical thinking and research and forming our own opinions by just basically putting thoughts and words into us. This helps foster a very cynical attitude that in turn makes us want to give up. Leonardo DiCaprio has been one of the most outspoken uh, celebrities on climate change. And I believe when the rainforest was burning in the Amazon, he wrote a check for $5 million, which, which erupted so much praise for what a great humanitarian he is and uh, what a great environmentalist Leonardo DiCaprio is. As a guy, he may be a great guy. There is no doubt uh, he is a terrific actor. However, as an environmentalist, his record is pretty checkered. Two years ago for the Academy Awards, Leo flew in an eyebrow twiner, his personal eyebrow twiner, to the Oscars from Australia. One guy on a private jet to fly all the way from Australia to Los Angeles to make sure that Leo's eyebrows looked great for the Academy Awards. I want to know how this is justified. And most of all, I want to know how anybody can support that when he is such a climate change activist. I would say flying that guy from Australia all the way over to Los Angeles is a pretty hefty carbon footprint. He had flown to South America on a private plane to cruise around Brazil on the yacht of an Abu Dhabi oil billionaire. So I'm asking you as you listen to this, some of you are getting probably angry. Oh, you're picking on Greta. You are definitely a conservative. Uh, you're a climate uh, denier, climate change denier. I, I'm, I'm none of those things, folks. I'm simply putting things out there to be examined. I'm simply trying to create an alternative narrative using this hypocrisy to show a wider picture of how it affects us cynically as a society and what we even consume for our entertainment. So let's look at Leonardo DiCaprio. And this is one that Greta met with. She comes to Hollywood with her environmental story and her agenda and her statements and her convictions. And she meets with Leo. Now, Leo's net worth at the time of this, and it could be more, but it's at least $220 million. 
In addition to that, DiCaprio has over five homes. He has a personal party yacht. He rents yachts all the time for parties. He does have his foundation, the Leonardo DiCaprio Foundation. He sits on the World Wildlife Fund, Oceans 5, Pristine Seas, Natural Resources, Defense Council, International Fund for Animal Welfare, all great things. He's won awards. And of course, as we know, he's famous for Titanic and The Aviator, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, and the list goes on. While I mentioned DiCaprio's uh, eyebrow twiner being flown in privately on a jet, uh, DiCaprio took a private plane to the 2014 World Cup in Brazil. And while there, he stayed on the 470-foot yacht of, of Sheikh Mansour bin Zayed al Nahyan, uh, the, the chair of Abu Dhabi's International Petroleum Investment Company. And DiCaprio had rented that same yacht in April 2014 to co-host an 80s theme party with Jamie Foxx and Orlando Bloom. In 2013, DiCaprio and fellow actor Jonah Hill flew from Sydney, Australia to Las Vegas on a chartered 747, according, I believe that was to the New York Post, just to attend two separate parties. And, and we did see uh, news accounts of DiCaprio flying around with supermodels, uh, Victoria's Secret models, etc. cetera, uh, after the Academy Awards, I believe about two years ago. Why is this guy the subject of a meeting from Greta? That's what I want to know. Why isn't anybody looking at any of this? Why is nobody asking these kind of questions? And why isn't the media putting this kind of information out there? Look, you want to be wealthy and be a wealthy celebrity, good for you. The guy's earned it. I don't really care. And I really don't care about his politics. But when these people start getting in front of a camera and a microphone and start wagging their finger at us and telling the average person how we should be living and living in a constant state of guilt. We are guilty for everything. You use incandescent light bulbs, you're a jackass. If you drive a gas-powered car, well, that's horrible. You hate the environment. And we've become so simplistic that we can no longer simply talk about these things. So enough of picking on, on Leo. I'm just simply asking questions, and really, you should be too. So let's look at the next celebrity that Greta flew all the way to Hollywood to hang with, of all the people to, to bring her message to, and that is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, former governor of California, the Terminator, and, and of course really needs no further explanation. But I want to focus on one thing, and that is, look, if, if Schwarzenegger were just a celebrity and uh, lived a life of excess and everything like that, look, that's his prerogative. It's his money. He can do what the hell he wants with it. But when you become the governor of California... And you are also in charge of environmental policy of that state and the biggest state in the union. Uh, that's an important thing. And I have an old expression. If you're going to bitch, then you should be consistent. On the hypocrisy meter, uh, basically, he's a 10 out of 10. He owns a Bugatti, a Dodge Challenger, a Mercedes-Benz, a Porsche, a Hummer H1, a Bentley, a Mercedes-Benz. Uh, it's called a Unimog. Uh, he owns even a 1978 Jeep Cherokee, and he has a Gulfstream private jet. Did Greta talk to him about any of this? And we find by a brief look at a, a very cursory look at, at Schwarzenegger's uh, environmental record as governor, there's not a lot of consistency here and certainly not much to warrant a meeting with a young lady who is claiming to be the spokesperson for the world's climate. On the surface, the media has really been kind to Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, with his environmental policies as governor. 
Uh, he's even been portrayed as the green governor in the media. In, in 2010, Schwarzenegger received awards for his green leadership from, from NRDC, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, uh, the Beautiful Earth Group, and, and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in, in an, a campaign, really, to, to greenwash his legacy before he left office. In, in other words, create this false narrative of, of his legacy just before he left office. You're scripting his, his story. While there are numerous issues, I think this is one that definitely was not a conversation between Greta and the former governor. And that is the, the collapse of the Central Valley salmon, delta smelt, longfin smelt, threadfin shad, young striped bass, Sacramento splittail, and other fish populations that were spurred by record water exports out of the Sacramento-San Joaquin River Delta between 2003 and 2006. Schwarzenegger did nothing to restore these imperiled fish populations. He even made things worse by attacking the biological opinion protecting Central Valley steelhead, Sacramento River spring, and winter-run Chinook salmon, green sturgeon, and southern resident killer whales, along with the biological opinion protecting the endangered delta smelt. He fast-tracked a corrupt Marine Life Protection Act that did nothing to protect the ocean from water pollution, oil drilling and spills, military testing, corporate aquaculture, habitat destruction, and other human uses of the ocean other than fishing and gathering. What you really get is that Schwarzenegger kind of waged a complete war on fish populations in California. The governor allowed the Department of Water Resources to pump record levels of water out of the Delta between 2003 and 2007. This resulted in the Central Valley salmon and California Delta pelagic species collapsing. If you look at Schwarzenegger's real environmental record without media distortion, you find a very different story than, than what we got and, and what the Hollywood community uh, put out there. Uh, his administration did nothing while tens of thousands of striped bass, Sacramento blackfish, Sacramento splittail, and other species perished during a levee repair project at Prospect Island in the California Delta in November 2007. Uh, Governor Schwarzenegger also vetoed numerous environmental bills, including vetoing a badly needed bill sponsored by Senator Lois Walk in 2008 that, that would provide for emergency fish rescue plans on the Delta. He slashed funding for game wardens in the field, while California had the lowest ratio of wardens to residents of any state in the union. And look, this goes on. You can read all of this information. My point is, why wasn't this discussed with Greta? Why did Greta feel that it was so important to come see Governor Schwarzenegger? Where was the media moment of Greta wagging her finger at Arnold Schwarzenegger and saying, how dare you? This is all very cursory and public information that can be accessed. And immediately, I'm sure there are people out there uh, bringing politics into this, immediately calling me a bleeding heart liberal and a socialist and whatever names that are used to shut down the dialogue. I am simply exposing that the emperor has no clothes. And why isn't anyone talking about this or asking about it? Greta also went on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Ellen is allowed to be friends with whoever she wants to be friends with. That, that, that isn't my point of contention here. 
if you're looking at it from an environmental point of view. However, Greta goes on and talks with Ellen, and they, of course, talk climate and the environment. The point is, George Bush, of course, enacted the second Gulf War, and the environmental impact of that war cannot be denied. And just the smoke and dust and everything else that went up into the air as a result of of the carpet bombings and shock and awe, why wasn't this discussed? And why doesn't Greta talk about this in, you know, subsequent news outings after meeting on The Ellen Show? Again, there is no consistency here, folks. Hollywood is a purveyor of images. And we're all supposed to be comfortable in our own bodies. And it's about women without makeup. And it's all this. But yet at the same time, who do we worship on on, uh, Instagram and on social media? Women and men with incredible amounts of plastic surgery, Botox, lip plumps, all of these things. And yet we're supposed to be hearing a message you hear from them. And that is don't objectify women. This is about being comfortable in your own skin, loving who you are. But yet the money is made from the images that come across through our media. There is a definite hypocrisy here. So be you unless you really don't want to be you and you want to be more like us. This facilitates a definite cynicism out there in which we don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know. What do we believe? Do we believe in the detriments of a 600 pound life or do we look at Lizzo and other quote unquote plus size models and embrace our fat, fabulous life? What image is coming through from Hollywood? What message is being told to people that aren't applying critical thinking and just simply going by superficial image alone and influencers? But under me too, A number of the celebrities that came forward with their black ribbons and their Time's Up uh, pins and, and, and all of this stuff were some of the flagrant supporters of some of the people that were the biggest offenders that instigated the Me Too movement. All you have to do is look at the major celebrities that supported Harvey Weinstein before all of his monstrous atrocities were exposed. So what do we do about it? When we start viewing our lives through the lives of celebrities and making decisions or basing our thoughts on what is coming out of the entertainment industry, which is extremely detached from reality, what happens to us as a society and most of all of what we view? We can research, we can look at information that may be contradictory to the Hollywood narrative and the political narrative that comes to us via the media. You take that and let's transpose it over to politics, whether you're for Trump, against Trump, or looking at the Democrat side and wringing your hands going, there really is no good candidate on this side. And why can't people simply vote? And why is there suddenly a problem voting in caucuses now? We reach a point where we give up. And if there is a conspiracy out there with the hope of turning us into some kind of they live society where we obey and consume, then maybe that's the whole point. And that is to get us so flustered that we just throw up our hands and we just go with it. And that's where this cynicism, when I looked at right here, the Hollywood hypocrisy 
of celebrities telling us how to live our lives, how we should look, what we should wear, and the fact that we become so immersed in basically this Hollywood bullshit that we've lost control of our own lives. We are so busy worried if Brad and Jen are going to get back together again and people looking at the statistics of body language experts between Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt or we're looking at the empty lives of Kardashians and Jenners and and throwing elaborate birthday parties for their little children while we're living in a society where the have-nots are definitely growing against that that 1% where we now have basically 20, 25 people on this planet that control pretty much all of the world's money and are wealthier than the rest of us and the entire planet combined. And this leads me then into probably one of the biggest cynical aspects of it all. And you remember, of course, the hashtag Epstein didn't kill himself. And we're looking at now where we find out that Jeffrey Epstein got away with a lot over the last 20, 30 years and very powerful political and entertainment people hobnobbed with him and took flights to his island. And we're finding out, of course, that Prince Andrew had a far more than a cursory friendship with this guy. And what we're looking at though, however, folks, is the ability for these wealthy people to basically get away with what they're doing. And that we could even foresee comebacks for certain people. Look, Bill Cosby is sitting in prison under the delusion that he can come back. And there is a whole cluster of people out there that would support a comeback by Cosby. There are some that are arguing while this trial is about to conclude with Harvey Weinstein that this guy could be poised for a comeback in a couple years if he's found innocent. In addition to that, Prince Andrew has not complied at all with the FBI or any law enforcement in their investigations of Jeffrey Epstein and human trafficking. And right now he's disappeared from public life. The queen has shielded him. Mommy has come to her son's rescue And eventually what's going on is, is amounting to the wealthy, this guy here, especially Prince Andrew, just weathering the storm until it blows over and and people forget and they move on to something else. Out of all of this, where the wealthy can get away with these things, whether it's celebrities telling you how to live, but they're going off on super yachts and, and partying around the world and living opulent, wealthy lifestyles with more money than any of us collectively will ever see in our lifetime, it creates basically what amounts to a feeling of helplessness, which breeds anger and cynicism, and we just give up. Put on the sunglasses. Put on those glasses and be one of those who can see. Ask questions. Demand better. That's the point of cinema, the podcast. Demand better of your entertainment. Ask questions. Call people out. You may not be always right, but what we need is more critical thinking. We don't need fan boycotts. We we don't need outrage at the Oscars. What we need are people who have critical thinking behind them and asking proper questions. Someone needs to be asking Greta, did you or did you not call into fact the environmental policies and practices of the celebrities you came to visit? 
Did you discuss with Governor Schwarzenegger his entire environmental platform during his time as governor of California? And if you didn't, how dare you? We are surrendering our own power when we no longer use the power of critical thinking. There is what I call basically the cultural Jacobins out there that will do whatever they can to stop the conversation from happening when it goes against their narrative. Question the celebrities that are lecturing you, whether it's Michael Moore or Leo DiCaprio, whether it's Harrison Ford or it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Question. Simply ask questions and don't be afraid to do so. Demand better of your entertainment. Demand better of your politicians and your political systems. Demand better of your own life. This is Harrison Smith. Thank you for listening. I look forward to another episode with you next week. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and give a rating and review. Cinema is also available on YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Play Music and more. Check out my cinema blog on horrorfuel.net and download Dark Matter TV for your Apple or Android devices.